the most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Check ASO is an analytical ASO platform that provides you with up-to-date data on keywords, competitors, ratings, and reviews. It also grades your ASO level and gives you custom tips on how to improve it. This way, you can increase your app page visibility, organic traffic, and installs with every update. Try it now for free for seven days at checkaso.io. That once again is checkaso.io. We all have developer horror stories from language barriers to bad code to developing on time. That's why I recommend using B7Dev com. They're affordable, fast, and more importantly, trustworthy. Go to b7dev.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content related to helping you grow your app downloads, and more importantly, those app revenues. And today, I've got a phenomenal guest. We're going to talk all about how video really drives sales, how you can use content marketing, especially with video, to close more sales, and the little hacks that we both use to help to use video to help our exact sales process from a content and a marketing perspective. So without further ado, let me introduce the guest. His name is Ruben Dua. He is the co-founder and CEO of a video messaging platform that you got to check out. It is called Dub with two B's, D-U-B-B.com. Ruben, welcome That's to the show. That's right. Thank you so much for that intro. Yes, Dub with two B's, not, not with one. Uh, Dub with one V is the rims that are over 20 inches or so. So not to be confused with that. Um, although we do love we do love spinning the dubs over here. But yeah, we're really passionate about this idea of building connections, you know, leveraging video to get over trust hurdles, to get over uh, communication hurdles. You know, visual communication is 90% of how human beings communicate. That's just how we roll. Um, you know, visuals are processed 60,000 times faster than, than text, 60,000 times faster. So the way our brain is engineered is to be visual in nature. And when I think visual, I think video because it's everything. It's audio, it's visuals, it's experiential, brand is there. There's so many different things. It's that human connection, though, at the end of the day that we're really trying to facilitate because when you're in sales, when you're in marketing, and you're tired of doing those those stick figure uh, illustrations or those um, explainer videos with the little finger moving really fast and you're tired of not getting the results, it's time to turn your camera on. It's time to become a personality, to put yourselves out there and to say, you know what, it doesn't matter how I look. It doesn't matter um, what is out there about me on the internet. What matters is that I control my brand. I control my message because at the end of the day, if we don't say what we want about ourselves and our companies, then other people will do it for us. Uh, my friend Roberto Monaco tells me that. So thank you so much for having me on the on the show here. Ruben, I know you started this in 2019 when your wife was going through. She's a realtor. Tell us about that story. Well, watching someone in sales where they're an independent contractor, where you start with a zero salary and your entire salary is based on the effort that you put in, you learn a lot because there's a unique set of struggles. You You do not have the security of working at a large company or even a small company. Um, you're on your own. And, you know, whether you're in a team environment or you're that solopreneur, it's really on you to survive. Unfortunately, most people do not. Most people do not make it. 
They end up running out of money, which is, you know, the runway problem. They end up not finding product market fit, which happens a lot of technology, but also service or even product-based businesses. Um, their unit economics are messed up. They can't figure out a way to spend money on Facebook or YouTube or Google ads and then have that be profitable at, on the flip side. Um, and then a slew of other kind of failure reasons that we all, frankly, have gone through, I first and foremost. So in having the opportunity to watch my wife and also just teams of salespeople, you start to realize what these common struggles are. You know, number one is that we get ignored. We in sales, we get ignored a lot. We're not always treated the best way that we can be, okay? It's unfortunate, but it's a reality. Our emails get ignored. Our LinkedIn messages get deleted. Our SMS messages get unsubscribed from. The problem is it's noise. And the, the reality is that we're inundated with you know thousands of messages, advertorial and beyond, on a daily basis. So what we do to protect ourselves is we turn off noise that we get from people that we don't trust, strangers. Salespeople are, are sales Salespeople are strangers, stranger dangers. That's what we were taught to know. So salespeople re realize a massive amount of, rea of, of rejection that many of us don't do. You know, oftentimes you'll hear about a, a contractor, a founder, a new business owner, a new salesperson that is afraid to get rejected. And it's unfortunate because if you have that fear of rejection, you can't ever figure out a way to spread your wings because it's not about it's not about the 95% of the people that reject you. It's about the 5% that do decide to work with you that you build relationships from. The 95, they just don't know it yet, you know, but they can be an evangelist. They can be a referral, maybe even a customer one day. So focusing on that, on that, that positivity, focusing on the message, building those connections with people. Those are some of the things that, you know, I have experienced in working alongside salespeople, including my wife, who's a real estate agent. So thank you for the question. Yeah. Well, how do you decide what to build? Because you can see like, oh, I want to do this. And one of the things that I value about video too is I've seen people like send me sales messages being like, hey, Steve, your website needs to do this. And they'll have my website. They'll have all that stuff. And here's how we can improve it. And I love that. It, it impacts me way differently than just a cold email. But at the same time, like how do you, Ruben, as a founder and creator of this platform, how do you decide which features to put in there? Is it the ease of use? What is it that you, you, know, you heard from your wife that you're like, hey, this has to be part of the core features? feature set yeah you know it all comes from listening there's a confucius um, mantra that states that and in, in, you know the intelligent man does not have to speak um, but the ignorant man speaks a lot <laughs> and uh, it can't be more true because listening is is about in fact in a business perspective it's about receiving customer feedback to figure out how we can solve specific problems how we can solve specific pain points so people are always telling us what they want us to build. In fact, we built a whole platform for it, which is the Dub Community. And the Dub Community is, it's a, it's a simple, it's a simple uh, site. It's a forum site that's built on Discourse. Discourse is something that I evangelize a lot, which is an open source forum platform. I encourage you guys to check it out. Oh, wow. Um, but in this, um, in this community here, we have people that are constantly telling us about people that they're, they're telling us about their requests. They're telling us about features. They're telling us things that are not um, that are not optimized. So we're always receiving feedback from people on what we can build. And the great thing about it is that because there's functions like voting and viewing and counters, you know, we can we can see what the demand is. For example, someone asks us to build the touch up video feature. 
which is one comment on it and 54 views. So this is, if you guys are familiar, this is the feature in Zoom where it touches up your experience. You know, it's a nice feature. It uses a little bit of AI. I, love it. <laughs> I believe this. I believe in this feature, but unfortunately, you know, we have not prioritized it because we haven't seen the demand. Whereas if you see some other feature requests, um, you know, they're in the dozens. And, and that's where we know, hey, you know what? That is what we need to build. Uh, getting the feedback from our paying clients, that's where it's at for us. There's so many features that I want to build that like there's this AI tool that allows you to put a cool pair of sunglasses on. Mm -hmm. And I really want to build that because, you know, I love, I love, I love it. It's just tons of fun. Zero people have asked us to build that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I, you know, I always need to like check myself on not doing the features that I think that are fun, that I would like to use, but rather what our paying clients are. And sometimes you remember what not those first pay. feature sets were from your wife that you're like, oh, you know, like, or just not just alluding to your wife all the time, but do you remember what those yeah. first core features were? Yeah, so I think that the first um, feature requirements came from sort of a Inc. 5000 type company where I was supporting the sales staff and they started to say, hey, listen, my emails are getting ignored. I'm not getting the bookings that I used to. There's a lot more competitive pushes right now that are working against me. How do I, how do I stand up from the crowd? And the first thing really came of what is it that you can see on your screen and then quickly send that to someone on email or LinkedIn. That was the first use case, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that's preliminary. There's a lot of different places to get that. That was sort of our starting point. So we said, hey, listen, we're going to build a Chrome extension that allows the screen recording and then the sharing. But then we realized that sharing a video is, is one thing. You can do that on, on a lot of different tools. What's cool is when you get really detailed tracking. And that's where we decided to stand out from our, our competitors and really for anything that's out there in the marketplace. I think that's one of the reasons why I like to believe that we're more of a category creator. It's the data, it's the tracking, it's the reporting. So what that means is if I record a video from the Dub Mobile app, from my screen, from um, the Gmail integration, the LinkedIn integration, integrations into dozens of CRMs, and then I send over that to you, Steve, and you're my prospect, I want to know what the engagement was. Have you watched the video? What percentage of the video have you watched? Did you click mm -hmm. on the calls to action? Did you fill out a form? Did you give me a thumbs up emoji? You know, um, where are you based? Are you looking on desktop? Are you looking on your, on your mobile device? Um, that type of data is what makes video communication actionable. So it's not just about sending someone a video, that's like sending someone a YouTube video. You never know what they're doing on that YouTube page. Now, we love YouTube, we all use it. In fact, I'd love to talk about your YouTube channel in a moment, but, sure. but at the same time, you know, sending someone to YouTube, unless the goal is for branding and to get subscribers, oftentimes we lose them to the, to the YouTube algorithm. So the thing that we're so passionate about is making video communication a controlled environment so that you send a video and they have a clear funnel that they can look at. So for example, if I share my screen right now, and if I show you what it looks like to actually have an action page, a dub action page, this is what it would look like. There's, there's a video on the page, there's a playlist. You know, these videos actually can be imported from YouTube where this is a YouTube. So get you still out. get the okay. views on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's a way that you can make YouTube videos more actionable while still getting, you know, the view metrics, really important feature. Um, you know, multiple calls to action, you know, this is what we call a, a contact session. Sometimes we call this a video signature that has contact information, some additional links. 
all sorts of deep integrations, you know, calendar functions, um, you know, integrated web pages, anything that you can um, put into an iframe, embed onto a page, you can put it onto a dub action page. We even built something that really no one in the marketplace has, has which is like a real-time chat right wow. from the video page. So this allows us to kind of communicate in real time with people. Um, and then of course, all of this can be branded in a way that suits your, your company or your personal brand, your logo, your background image, your colors. There's a lot of different ways to do that. But, but really keeping in mind though, that um, the, the, the page is one thing, the video is another thing. It's the tracking that becomes really interesting. So as you start to go into the data report, you can start to see you know, what the engagement was, what the views were, what the percentage was. And if I include the person's name into my tracking data, then I'll even get their first name and their last name. So it gets very granular. Oh, I like it. That's interesting. You know, I gotta tell you, Ruben, one of the things that people have complimented me for is I have a flow in my sales channel where if you reach out to us, you know, I usually send you a link and th this could easily be a dub link, which it should be. I'm gonna make that change. But I send you a link to my calendar link and then it automates the thing. And then after you're done with that scheduling that call, I send you to some landing page I put built in WordPress, where it's like, hey, this is all about me. I want to spend the 20 minutes that we're going to spend together focused on you. Here's my two minute spiel. So you don't have to ask me what my background is. I was like, I got tired of doing it. And then here's some bullet points. If you don't want to watch the video, here's some bullet points about who I am and why, you know, my background, so to speak. And people are like, I love that flow. And so, but that could easily be a dub page, which you've already integrated the calendar, all the things that I have. And on top of that, I could put in different videos. Like, hey, if you wanna keep watching videos, here's like the number one, you know, five top mistakes that app developers make when marketing their app. And I can, that could be a video too. So I can see how it could work, but I already have that video sequence in my sales flow. Well, what I really like about our relationship and in, in how we got to know each other before we actually met is we had a chance to watch each other's videos or visit each other's yeah you know, LinkedIn pages. So you kind of build that parasocial relationship where you feel like you might know the person, even though you've actually haven't met them yet. So I had a chance to actually watch one of your talks on your YouTube channel, which I really enjoyed, which was talking about, you know, um, you know, app, app marketing and development and just sort of generally best practices. This is a great video. I recommend that people kind of check that out. I think it might be one of your featured videos, yeah. um, but that was a really positive experience for me. You know, I love this idea of being able to go to someone's social channel and then to be able to understand who they are, watch a video of them so I feel like I know them, and then start to engage with their social content. In fact, this is one of the features that we built on Dove. It's called the BioLink feature. And on the BioLink feature, as part of your Dove account, you can create a simple social media video where there's a video on top, and then there's specific calls to action with any social button that you want to add here, including Clubhouse, funny enough. Um, and what's interesting about this is that it allowed it's it take it replaces um, you know what are those what are those calls the link and bio ones um, there's there's so many out there yeah um, you know you, you know about those do you recall the big one the name is oh man right I use I have here I'll just pull up the one that I use yeah so you know any of those any of those sites that allow you to um, to to create that social profile link um, this effectively takes takes that role. And the reason why we think this is going to be more effective is, is because it has your video. So when people watch this video, they can, they can hear you, they can see you, they can start to build trust as a real human being. It's not some bot out there in the, in the ether. And you know, as a result, you're going to get more followers, more relationships, and frankly, more, more sales for your business.
link so tree. We, we encourage people to link tree that's the big that's one. The one yeah I mean, link yeah. tree so this is kind of a Linktree disruptor. Um, you know, huge shout out to Linktree because they've built a fantastic product. But but at the same time, if someone does want to create something that's more video focused um, with kind of like more detailed tracking, encourage you guys to check out BioLink on Dub. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, one of the things that I was thinking about too, as I was thinking about your platform, like when you first started, started thinking about it as more of like a messaging platform for sales, how is it sort of, one is like, I guess there's a lot of questions, so let me break that down. One, how did you come up with the pricing? And two, like, how did you go about getting those initial customers? Because I know B2B is sometimes really hard. And I talked to a lot of B2C companies where it's like, oh yeah, I'll run some Facebook ads, I'll do this, Google ad. So how did you go about getting those initial customers? Okay, so let's break this down. So I think that there's a couple of things here. Number one is the, the evolution of Dub. I think that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is just generally our pricing strategy. And then I would say the last thing is our is our acquisition strategy. How have we been able to acquire you know our customers um, in the B two B space and and continue to grow? So let's just kind of break this down. So in terms of our pricing and our product, one of the things that we started to realize was that most startups go through this evolution, specifically within the B two B space. They go through this process of the upstream strategy, right? They start with solopreneurs that are high on risk, high on innovation, yeah. but then low on ticket size. So a solopreneur might be very okay putting $40 a month in for a software platform and to be okay breaking stuff, creating stuff, creating email drip sequences, sending out SMS campaigns, you know, pushing the limits of, of marketing and technology and software. You know, um, and, and that's cool. And those people are extremely valuable because they're the ones that are the innovators. They're the ones that are not afraid to get their feet wet. You know, this is the um, Christensen phenomenon where it's the innovator's dilemma. The more innovation there is, the more risk there is. The Tesla from 10 years ago had a lot of bugs. It had a lot of problems. It wasn't perfect. In fact, there were very few charging stations back then. You might end up running out of juice on the side of the road. That is the innovator's dilemma. Um, by embracing that dilemma, by embracing the fact that these people that are ready and willing to take risks, we were able to figure out a really robust feature set. But then, as mentioned, as you start to swim upstream, as you become more mature, as you start to gain larger clients, for us, it was Inc. 5,000 clients and then eventually Fortune 500 clients. Then you start to realize, okay, I need to, we need to be able to have the balance of both worlds. We need to be innovative, but we also need to be secure and stable. So this is where we started to say, let's build out pricing tiers. You know, let's have you know, the pro, let's have the support plan. And that's for people that are just getting their feet wet. They've used maybe a loom or something like that that has, you know, very limited functionality, but they just want to be able to, to do that with maybe some additional features. That's our first pricing point. And then we started to say, well, now let's go to the pro plan. And that now becomes more robust. It has more technology, more, you know, features, more things to get things done. And then as you start to evolve and as you start to sort of add more features, you realize that if you continue to add, and this is a really important thing from a founder sort of strategist's perspective, if you start to continue to add features and continue to give them away for free to your existing client base on whatever plan they might be on, right. you lose this opportunity to get them to upgrade, to get them to buy add-ons. So that then becomes the evolution. You start to add more pricing plans. You add pro plus, you know, in this case, it's over double the amount, but the feature set justifies it. 
you know, and then as you start to build out your technology, you realize, well, we shouldn't keep, you know, including the features into your pricing plans because you'll never monetize it. And it's irresponsible, you know, back, you know, little, little, uh, little sort of back, back flat, backsplash to the, to the conversation that I was having previously, which is the reason why people fail. And one of those reasons is that they're not monetizing their products and services correctly. So then we started to say, okay, how do we build the, the add-on section? And then that now becomes more feature rich. We add more things, custom domain, automations, which is a whole robust workflow platform, transcriptions, you know, an actual proprietary dub sender, which is where you don't need a MailChimp. You can actually send a video email or SMS right through the platform. So the evolution continues, more features, more plans, but still listening, all rooted in listening. What is it that people, what is it that people want? And then as you start to realize, okay, we're getting to a mature place, then you have to start to slow down. You have to take your innovations and you have to create the lab. And then the lab is where you start to create, uh, take some of that risk. And then you can start to deploy things in more of a beta situation for a specific audience, because the last thing you want to do when you're working with large companies, Inc. 5000, Fortune 500, et cetera, is to ex have them be beta testers, have them be paying clients that are beta testers. That's just not a good experience for everyone. So I think that's really where the shift starts to happen, where you have innovation over here, scalability, you know, sage ex user experience over here, while still having that parallel track. But it's important to keep that balance and silo it to avoid risks. And then I think the final thing you asked me is what the acquisition strategy is. Now, the acquisition strategy for us was it started out years and years ago in pre-sales. We said, we're going to start to do some really big announcements on pre-sales, give people access to our feature set, even though um, we're in the process of building it. And by being transparent, uh, by having that type of a crowdfunding type situation, um, you start to bring people into the process, which also helps build your brand up. And, and that got us to a place where we had enough money to start to say, let's take this to the next level. And then we started to go more of the traditional acquisition routes, which for us, it's original content. It's our YouTube channel. You know, it's our it's our blog. It's our, you know, we have um, Facebook ads. We have YouTube ads. Um, you know, there's a podcast connection loop. So I'm sure, you know, these are very similar channels to some of the stuff that you're doing. Because I know that on your on your YouTube channel, you're now up to almost 18,000 subscribers for App Masters, which is amazing. Congratulations. And you can tell, obviously, you know, you're very committed to the program. So you know all about the original content play. So I won't preach to, to this choir about that. I like that. Hey, Ruben, you said pre-sell. How did you go about doing that? So with pre-sell, the thing is that if you if you do your research, you can find different partners out there that will take what it is that you're selling and put it into a package where they promote it to a large audience. So if you do your research, you'll find like in a bundle? there's it, like, well, you not bundle, like there's, you know, this stack social, they were acquired. There's AppSumo. Okay. Um, they're going, they're going through the process. There's a lot of these companies that have this sort of deep discounted software. Got it. No, everyone knows that they're very early. You know, it's it's an early startup that's trying to get some proof of concept. So, you know, we went down that path nice. years and years ago, as mentioned. And, um, you know, it was generally a positive experience. I think one of the things that people suffer from when they do these types of campaigns is that they never recover the brand. People always ask them, hey, I want a lifetime deal. I want the 80% off deal that you gave three years ago. Can you do yeah. that? And the answer has to be no, because that was legacy and that doesn't exist anymore. So a lot of people get stuck into that thing 
where they're on the slippery slope of always discounting. Discounting is not good. It's not good for the business and it's not good for the customers either. Either If there's a highly discounted um, product, service, software platform, something's got to give. Like every time I drive by a sushi place that says 50% off sushi, I mean, I just, I just get nervous. I'm like, well, if you're going 50% off your sushi, what else is 50% off? The quality, the experience, the, the staff, the freshness, like what right. is, what is wrong here? You know? And then, and then what happens when you do that? Then people have a poor experience because the quality dip, the customer service was poor. And then you start to get the bad Yelp reviews. And then you're like, how do I build up the business again? Let me do another promotion, 60% off. Right, and then before right. you know it, you're at 90% off and your you know, business is six feet under. So, you know, discounting is something that people have to be really cautious about because at the end of the day, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. And I know one of my previous guests used AppSumo and they were able to bring a ton of different customers in, which helped with cash flow and all that stuff. This is all publicly said. And it gave them like more energy to work on the product. It's like, oh man, we got so much more feedback. So it's an interesting outlet to take. I like the, the, the route you've taken with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I tell people to be, to be cautious in that process, to really mm -hmm. figure out what the long-term strategy is, um, to have your five-year plan and, um, and to figure out ultimately who is going to be your ideal client profile. Like who is that ideal person? You know, for us, it's the vice president of sales at a mid to large market company. That's where we thrive. We also love solopreneurs as SMBs. Um, you know, we have thousands of them as, as paying clients, right. but our ideal client is that sort of sales leader. So a lot of the, the, the stuff that I do on my personal channel, um, you know, Ruben Dua on YouTube, is for sales leaders specifically because that's that's kind of our sweet spot. I like that. The for the creative ways, actually, I on top while you're talking about that, Ruben, did you have a five year plan when you were kind of thinking through, hey, let's go through this pre sell route. Here's our five year plan. This pre sell is going to give us this. So it was baked into, let's say, the year one plan. You know, I'd like to call it my 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 fear year plan. <laughs> <laughs> I like because that. you know, when you when you have fears, you know, when we address our fears, that's when we can actually make really sage decisions in our lives. If I fear of getting into a car accident and losing my vehicle, then I will go purchase car insurance. Right. So fear, you know, a lot of people say no fear and you know, fears are false evidence appearing real. And I totally disagree with that. I think that fears are the way that our survival instinct and mentality is telling us to make smarter decisions in our lives because whenever i listen to my fear and listen to my paranoia I, I i often make really sound decisions that yes cost a little bit of money and require an investment or a change in lifestyle but at the same time i i always get the roi out of it you know if i'm if i'm rooted in a really good place so i think you know where we started in the beginning was knowing that there was a a risk. There was a concern of staying in the discounted realm, staying in the solopreneur realm, which again, we love, um, but staying in that realm because it's hard to monetize. It's, right. you know, it, it takes the same amount of time for us, for us to go acquire a customer that has 50 users than sometimes it does that has one user because that's just the nature of the beast, right? right. So, um, so having that, the concerns be the starting point, but then have that flourish and then grow into a strategy that I think is the best plan. So it's hard to be thinking about your five-year plan when you're absolutely knee deep in the startup process, you're finding product market fit, you're hustling to get those customers, you're working on your acquisition channels. Um, 
having a five-year plan oftentimes in that stage feels like you're just becoming a spreadsheet millionaire, you know, but at the same time, I think we have to be mindful, you know, the same way that we need to focus on our mental health and that we need to focus on our life balance and fitness and all these things. It's the same way that from day one, we always have to be thinking about the long-term plan. So, so, you know, did I have a perfect plan in a deck with spreadsheets? Absolutely not. But I did know that my concerns needed to be addressed. And as a result, I really executed upon that, that, that plan. And we're still in the process. So we've got a lot of work to do. You know, we're still students. Um, we're, we're listening. We're salespeople. Um, but we're on the tra trajectory. So, you know, we're, we're, we're grateful. Well, kudos. You have over, you know, the latest numbers I have, 50,000, over 50,000 users across all the channels. And you've been doubling each month. So kudos to that. Hey, Ruben, I want to sort of end with this, what are some creative ways that you've seen some of your customers use video, whether it's through support, whether it's through sales, anything that stand out to you? Yeah, okay, so here are my uh, three favorite ones. So the first thing is, um, and I'll mention this first because to my fellow podcaster, um, it's, the, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the way you invite someone to your podcast. So for example, what I'll do is I'll just very quickly show what my podcast invite page looks like. Okay. And what's interesting about this is that when I want someone to come onto my podcast, this is the page that I send them. It's this page with an intro that talks about me and then it gives a little bit of context on what is it that they're going to be checking out. So, you know, check out, check out some of the episodes, subscribe on YouTube, my social stuff. And then of course my favorite part, which is the booking link. Yeah. So this way they can, they can book a time in my calendar. And, you know, I'm, I, I don't have to go back and forth and ask people, hey, when are you available? Tuesday at 10 in the morning. You know, that, that's old school. You know, so by having that booking link, it really, really streamlines the process. You know, the next one that we really enjoy doing is, is our sales one, right? So how do you get people to book a time in your calendar from a sales perspective? So here on my screen, what you can see is my booking page. You know, this I recorded at a WeWork, it looked nice. This took me about 12 seconds to record. It was a one take video. And now I send this to people on a daily basis. Again, you know, a call to action with my calendar. They can learn more about me. You know, when people watch the video, when people research me, the, the, the booking rates and more importantly, the show rates are dramatically higher. Oh, wow. uh, you know, the next thing that I've seen people use is the Dub Mobile app where they create multiple clips. You know, in the Dub Mobile app, what you can do is, um, you know, here's the Dub Mobile app. If I click on the, the record button, what I can do is actually record multiple clips. So, you know, I can record one clip like this. I'm in real estate, I'm showing the house, I'm in sales, I'm showing myself, maybe I'm showing my screen. And then that's gonna record one clip. And then I can start to build out, you know, my visual story with multiple clips. So you can see here, you know, I've created two clips. Within a couple of seconds, I have a pretty dynamic video. I can move these clips around, I can edit these, I can trim these, I can add music, I can add text. Um, and then of course I can upload this to the dub platform, which I've just done right there. And then with just a couple of, within a couple of seconds, as you can see here, it's already up on dub, ready to share on the desktop, on the website, in Gmail, in LinkedIn, ready to rock and roll. Um, you know, and, and it's a quick reminder for myself that I need a haircut. So, you know, it's a lot of good <laughs> stuff that happens from, from watching these videos. Just curious, are you guys found a way to better embed or like when a outgoing email goes out, have some type of video element embedded in those? What's the, I don't, I know there's some <laughs> tools that do it okay, nice. but like, just curious to know. I think the only email client that allows that um, is the Mac client. 
the okay. Mac email client because Gmail blocks it, Outlook blocks it, um, the other ones block it. So yeah, unfortunately, the only way to embed a video into an email, as I understand, is is through Mac Mail. And I don't know if the newer versions do that. The reason why this is the case is because the second that you can embed any type of JavaScript, any type of code within an email, there's all sorts of security concerns. In fact, remember our videos are trackable. When people watch the videos, you get to see which what percentage of the video that they watched it for. Um, you know, Google and um, you know Outlook, they're they're not going to want that type of stuff. In fact, a lot of the times, even if you send an animated GIF, it blocks that. You have to click display images. So those are just generally um, security controls. I love it. Anything I missed, Ruben, that you want to make sure we cover before we hit the big finish? You know, I just I wanted to I wanted to just encourage people to to get over that hurdle. I hear about it all day that there's a fear of recording, fear of being on video, and I just wanted to remind people that you know we're all beautiful in our own ways. We all have a message. We all have a story to tell. Um, when you really tap into this idea of story, human storytelling from one human being to the other, um, that is really the essence of humanity from, from an interactive perspective. And video is absolutely the way that you can harness that. So, you know, remember if you are feeling imposter syndrome or if you're feeling fear or a little uncomfortable being on camera, it just takes practice. It's not like there's something wrong with you. You just have to get into the flow of doing it and then frankly not really care about what people think. There's always that are gonna be people that give, that give negative comments or say, hey, this person all of a sudden is a video personality. You can't really worry about them because a lot of the times they're just jealous. Yeah. So I just encourage you guys to just get in front of the mirror, start to practice there and just um, use video because it's your, it's your best friend. It is. And it's, it's done wonders for us since we started focusing on the YouTube channel. It's the number one people way find, find us. And then like you said, Ruben, like it just makes it easier for people to want to work with you because they see you, they've heard you, they, you know, like they feel like they yeah. know you before they come in. All right, Ruben. Well, this has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish besides dub. Give us an app that we should definitely check out. Ooh, okay. Well, I've been enjoying I've been enjoying Canva. You mentioned Canva, so that's top of mind. Um, the reason why I like Canva right now is because instead of using um, PowerPoint or Google Slides, you can use Canva for for slides, yep. but then you can export it as an MP4 video. Add some simple animation, and you can actually export it in transparent or with a background. Oh, wow. And we actually have started to use that on our YouTube channel. So. It almost functions as like a real-time teleprompter where in some of our videos here, you'll notice that in these videos, we actually have the slides that we created on Canva. So, oh, you know, cool. that, that, that has been a really positive experience for me. I really enjoyed that. You know, the other, the other one, as I start to look on my screen right here is, you know, one of the ones that I really like to use is it's, it's, it's kind of old school, but I, I really like, um, you know, QuickBooks. I think that that's a good one. Um, it's just good for business. It's good for us to stay responsible. And uh, what else? I mean, there's a couple other ones that I recommend. You know, Etsy is a good one. Um, GarageBand, if you're into music. I recently sold my car on eBay Motors. Nice. Uh, you know, I play guitar, so there's some tuner apps in there. So there's a lot of good stuff. I like that. Okay, yeah, Canva's one of my favorites. What's a lesson that could be business or personal that took you the longest to learn? Um, so I would, <laughs> I would say that the hardest lesson that took the longest time to learn is the idea of being a good empathetic listener a lot of the times what happens when we're in sales especially when we're trying to persuade people is that we have a goal where we want to thrust that or push that upon someone and have them do some action that's in favor of what we want to do yeah. little success comes from that um, you can't 
convince someone to buy something and most importantly to stick around as a long-term customer and then to be an evangelist they have to want that from themselves and the way that you do that is not by talking the way that you do that is by listening so by listening you understand customer needs you find product market fit you know you figure out ways to prioritize it you know ways that you can monetize the service but you know still have a responsible business so i just tell us all to just get those big dumbo ears on and listen as much as you possibly can because remember at the end of the day intelligent man doesn't have to speak ignorant man speaks a lot kind of like i was in this whole podcast you know because of the podcast i've been way better listener my wife is like you know you don't remember anything you don't listen i'm like Honey, I got a podcast. My job is to listen <laughs> and think of the next question at the same time. Right. It's one of the hardest things to do at the same time. The website, you, got, you guys got to go check it out. It's dub, D-U-B-B.com. It is in the mobile app as well on both platforms, dubb.com. Ruben, if the audience wants to connect with you personally, do you want to send them anywhere else? Yeah, um, check me out at Ruben Dua. You know, I'm on YouTube. I'm do a lot, lot, having a lot of fun on my YouTube channel, so come check that out. A lot of vlog style stuff, really good amount of production value in that. Check me out on YouTube. Check me out on Instagram. LinkedIn, that's my business spot. It's all Ruben Dua. Um, if you want to email me, ruben at dub.com. Awesome. Ruben, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Thanks so much. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you on the next chat. Want to increase your downloads and revenue? Check out our new ASO Master Service where we help you with ASO, optimizing your revenue, and we'll even manage your Apple search ads and Google ads. Learn more at asomasters.com. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.